Welcome to the NABS Now podcast, brought to you by the National Association of Blind Students, a proud division of the National Federation of the Blind. Hey everyone, and welcome to the NABS Now podcast. Today we're going to talk about everything on campus. And first, we're going to start by introducing who's on our episode today. Hey, 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 this is Robert Parsons. How's everybody doing? I am a master's student. I am at Western Michigan University up in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and I am the vice president of the Michigan Association of Blind Students. Great to be here. Hey, everybody. This is Tariq Williams. Join being out here for another podcast. I'm currently working as the O&M instructor and program advisor at Savvy Services for the Blind. I had a really awesome day today. I actually went to the Global Leadership Summit and learned about a bunch of awesome and amazing things. So definitely looking forward to having a great conversation about my campus experience. Hey, everyone. I'm Santiago Hernandez, and I am currently majoring in computer information systems. And I'm Nina, and I'm going to be hosting this episode, and I'm currently studying psychology and criminal justice, um, and I'm from New York. So to start off, we're just going to talk about something kind of interesting for y'all. Um, does anybody have any interesting things to say about school spirit? So I know in college, like, that's a huge thing, wear your colors, whatever sports your school is good at. But I think, Robert, you said you had an interesting <laughs> undergrad experience <laughs> with that. Oh, of course. Well, gosh, why do I get thrown under the bus first? Okay, so because you're new, my undergraduate program. I studied. <laughs> I was a dual dual bachelor sociology and anthropology minor. Um, I was going to Randolph-Macon College, which is in Ashland, Virginia. It's a private school, and I served as the team mascot for the football games. So I was Buzz the Yellow Jacket. <laughs> so I was a, a let's just visualize this for a second. I am six foot seven. I am a very, very tall and large man. And uh <laughs> I was in a giant bee costume. Um that I, is that I, is a fantastic visual that I yes, have in my mind. I think it's it's amazing to to you know be part of something that's like so, so popular no pun intended <laughs> it's, it's fun to be part, part of something so like collective but we had this halftime show every game that I had to perform at and me being all culturally flavored I was getting spicy on the on the football court every halftime game so they used to call out for me to dance and it was always off the same two songs which was cool. we will rock you and mm. um at Classic. the end was we are the champions by queen so mm. me doing all of these crazy dance moves the butterfly the bogle the running man you know all of that stuff i think i only fell one time in the costume and at that That's time impressive. i kind of like rolled around i just rolled around a little bit everybody cheered and laughed and stuff um it was it was a great experience for everyone i got to take a bunch of pictures i got to hug people um i got to dance with parents it was it was a lot of fun and I bought the costume out during the freshman weekend when we would bring potential freshmen in and got to take pictures with them as well. So it was a great way to show team spirit there. That's so cool. I, so I go to a small school now. And so we have school spirit, definitely, but we don't have like a ton of things going on with our mascot. But I remember in high school, um, we had like our rivalries and we had like a fight song, like every school does. But I thought our fight song was fake. Um, I thought someone had made it up, and so I looked it up the other day because someone brought up fight songs to me, and it's an ACDC song. I was like, oh, this is an actual thing, okay. So clearly I need to pay more attention to, you know, the context of school spirit, but. 
I mean, I think school spirit is definitely one of those awesome things for sure. And when you talk about like the songs that your um, school had, I think I'm like, I have like the perfect mix of what you and Robert were saying and the fact that I actually was in the marching band in college. And so mm. being a part of the marching band was cool because we also hung out with the mascot and everything like that. And I never knew the words to the fight song that we had, but I knew could, I knew how to play it on my, my baritone all the time because we had to play it like, at the <laughs> beginning of every game. At the end, we'd just do the alma mater. And our football team like wasn't great like when I first got there, but by like the second, third, or fourth year, um, we actually did really well, which was a lot of fun. Like I said, just being a part of the marching band, like chanting different things in the stands. I don't know if it's exactly school spirit or not, because we used to chant like turtles. I don't know why we did that, because we were the Golden Rams. But <laughs> 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 had, mar- marching band, I think, is its own culture and its and its own. Definitely. But, um, we were all having a good time with that for sure. And it was probably, I mean, I don't think anybody else on campus knew the fight song, but like we could play it. And then the second part of our fight song, they called it ABC. But the reason why they called it ABC was because it was like um, the Olympics fanfare. Like, da, 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 da. Like, so we had a lot of fun with that. That's, That's awesome. awesome. I have so much respect for people in the band. I think that it takes so much concentration. And me, seeing as I'm always a class clown, I could never, like, have the discipline to do it. <laughs> right, I no, I agree. Singing like that is hard, too, because, like, when you're trying to, like, be serious, it's really difficult. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for me as well. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but... Now that we're talking about some of your undergrad experiences, um... Did any of you guys dorm? Because I know that's something that a lot of blind students get a little bit concerned about. I know that I dorm. Um, yeah, I dormed as well. I've had, I've lived through so many different living experiences for college. So dorm was definitely one of my favorite parts of it, though. And I know Santiago, you're a commuter, so I'll, I want to get to you in a second because that is also something a lot of blind students choose to do. But I know, um, okay. as someone who dorms a big concern a lot of times for a lot of blind students is roommates and sort of like advocating certain things Mm -hmm. to their roommates. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if y'all have any thoughts on that um, and how to approach that situation. Cause I think that we, you know, we worry about that being a little bit awkward sometimes. Uh, Yeah, I guess I can start. So um, I lived in the dorm in two different capacities. First, I, my first semester as a freshman, I was in a quad. So there were three other roommates. Oh my goodness. At the time I was, I wasn't a guide dog user yet. I had only, I had my white cane. And um, I think the biggest challenge for that was just making sure that they understood that if I put something somewhere, it was for a reason. Like I had a method to my madness because, you know, I don't think my roommates understood how intricate I used to lay things out especially given the small space we had it was kind of loft style so I had my own bed but then the other two had a bunk bed and the third bed was like a a bed that hung over the desk Mm. so certain things like refrigerators and things like that then they were in certain spots for us but some of our things overlapped and I would leave something somewhere and come back for it like hey where'd my phone charger go and it was like oh we just do it over there and I'm like "No, no 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 don't do that so I had to like you know, really do a lot of advocacy that first semester. Um, but once we got into the um, the housing role uh, roulette thing, I got a, I left that and went to a 
a two-person dorm room. And at that point, that was a little smoother. So only thing I think it's important to have that conversation um, because I know that even if you – so I don't have a roommate because I, do, I started college with my guide dog. And mm-hmm. I think even when I have friends come into my room and we hang out and things like that, my friends kind of um, – I had that conversation with them to mm-hmm. – you know, if you if you have to move something or whatever, just tell me. And I'm lucky because yeah. I have super good friends. They'll be like, hey, like, I'm, you know, I'm doing homework at your desk. Can I move your thing over here? And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. And I think it's just kind of advocating for yourself. Um, I don't know, Tariq, if you have anything to add on that? Yeah, no, I think you guys basically covered it. Um, my root college roommate, it was funny because like once he realized like that I was blind because he like he did the whole social media thing and everything wrote that I was blind <laughs> like was kind of like freaking out before he met me you know mm-hmm. and um, so we meet and I guess well because he I, I definitely consider him like a good friend and everything like that um they'll be friends for the rest of our lives I think but he's a little strange but once he realized that I guess I was quote unquote normal, whatever that means to our system. None of us on here are normal. Let's be <laughs> right, real. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We actually became pretty cool. Like we always talk about sports and everything like that. And um I think that it's that because a lot of times we're the first blind person that a, a lot of people meet in the world. And not only am I this person's first blind person he ever met, but now I'm his roommate and he has to live with me for the next year, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh-huh. so like that was cool. But we like I said, like we had similar interests into sports and everything like that. And quick like fun fact, um, shameless plug for like our national convention in Las Vegas. It was funny because so he actually is athletic trainer now for an NBA basketball team, the Washington Wizards in DC. And mm. he and they have their summer league in Las Vegas. And I didn't even think about it. And he texts me, it was like, Tariq, like, are you in Las Vegas right now? And I was like, oh man, I am, are you? And he texted me back, like I knew you'd be at like the convention with all these blind people. <laughs> and then it was interesting because then we actually got to hang out again because we hadn't seen each other in a while and like, he actually got me tickets to go check out one of the summer league games. And it was, it was neat. Like at the end of the day, like it was a, a long, like definitely like a lifelong friendship that I created, even though it started off with some, I would say just not knowing about blindness at first, you know? I think something I want to touch on too, before we get into some commuter stuff is, um, so advocating for your guide dog in a dorm is very interesting. Um, I've had pretty good experiences with it. Um, and I actually wasn't too concerned going in. Um, a little background, my school, its main major, which is funny, I'm not anywhere near this, is vet technology. And so mm. I have a lot of dog-loving people around me, which is actually really awesome. And we also have some ESAs and things like that and other service dogs. But mm-hmm. um, I was actually caught off guard at one point because um, I ran into a few issues where people, you know, don't and everyone knows this, but they don't know the difference between ESAs and service dogs and things like that. And so Mm -hmm. I would have my dog around when he's not on harness and he would, you know, be behaved still. We'd be in the lounge studying and stuff like that. And someone would um, kind of be like, well, you know, ESAs can't be out here and that sort of thing. And it was actually other students. I never had a problem with an RA or anything. And it came down to a lot of education and like a lot of patience. So Mm -hmm. I think it's one of those things like, 
and I'm sure, I don't know, Robert, if you had your dog when you were dorming at any point, but you mm-hmm. do have to educate and you have to stand, yeah. you have to stand your ground because some people honestly don't know. And like, it's just like mm-hmm. anywhere else, but this is almost more important because you do live there and like your dog has the right to, you know, you have yeah. the right to take your dog and things like that. And that can be hard sometimes when you're like fighting with people you live near <laughs> and with. Yeah. One thing I also wanted to point out about dorms is um, using the services. So I think the biggest challenge that I had, even with my guide dog coming to live with me on campus, was actually um, my issue with students removing braille labels that I had placed on the vending machines and the washing Oh my god, yes. They peel off my stickers all the time. So I had put some bump dots on the washers and dryers yes. in order to be able to label which ones, which did each function. And I remember I lived with a lot of football players in my dorm. Um, so a lot of football players were removing them. And I had a really good uh, relationship with my RA. So she did a, um, a a whole seminar, actually, with like a mandatory dorm meeting, along with the other RAs from the different floors, and explained what the use of these were and why they were important. And what ended up happening was I lived on the first floor, but they ended up labeling, we ended up brailing and labeling the machines for the first through four floors just to make a point so that no one would be like, what is this here? I don't see it. Why it's on every machine. There's no reason to touch them. Leave them alone. And it got better. That did get better. I've done the same thing so that if someone peels them off and like you don't have time to fix it, you can go to another floor. So that is a helpful thing. Like label appliances and stuff that aren't only on your floor. Because yeah. sometimes things do happen and things do come off and people, sometimes, most people are good. Some people do peel things off and, like, you don't want to be stuck because it's happened. Right. And mostly, I was more, my, I think, you know, I'm a foodie, so I was more concerned about the vending machines. Because if I didn't have my cherry Coke every day, something was wrong. So, when they moved the grill <laughs> off of that, I was like, oh, no, we need a meeting right now. <laughs> but we got it taken care of, so I wasn't too worried after. And that's really good on the part of your RAs too. So speaking of dorm life, um, I know a lot of it is socializing and that's something we do want to touch on a little bit. Um, So I know Robert said he was a mascot and he was, (laughs) I still cannot, that is just the best thing ever. Um, And you were a part of debates. And so I want to touch on clubs really fast. So I think it's something that's talked about a lot, but I know for Mm. me, and I'm a super loud person, but when I first went to school, um, it can be a little weird, like Tariq said, if you're the first blind person a lot of people have ever met, to kind of walk into some of these organizations and be like, hey, like, and take leadership positions and things like that. But it's mm-hmm. worth it. And mm-hmm. I'm curious what all y'all think about clubs and pushing yourself to join them and what they add to your experience. Ooh. <laughs> That's, you sure we got a couple of minutes? Can we get a couple of hours for this one? <laughs> I know it's like its own whole thing. I guess. Yeah. Short and um, sweet, Robert. Short. Okay, I'm gonna try. So, okay. <laughs> um. Okay. So I am. I love the sigh. I'm extremely yeah, because it's a lot. I'm extremely social. Um. So I'm a master's student now, but as an undergrad and now as a master's, I get involved in everything because I, that's just me. I can't. I can't sit around and just be in, like not around people and getting to meet others. So, in undergrad, I think it was a big deal because I am I acquire have acquired blindness. So, in high school, I was part of debate, which is why I joined it in college. And I think 
it was a challenge. It was an adjustment for my coaches and for my fellow teammates to to do because they thought that I didn't have any experience one and that two how could this you know completely blind person walk in with this 75 pound dog and whip our butts in the critique debate but so that took I think two practice rounds of them getting their their behinds handed to them before they're like whoa, whoa, whoa okay wait let's take them to tournaments so that's how we did that um but that wasn't more of an academic-based club. Now, with when it came to social clubs, uh, I ended up joining uh, my fraternity. And that's how I think I got the courage to start running for positions within my club. I became the chaplain. But um, in becoming chaplain, I was able to kind of like kick open the gates of like the possibilities for me to do other things. So I moved into my fraternity house and I ended up running for president and getting it. And at that point, I just thought I could rule the world. So then I became vice president of the French club. I started my own club on campus. I did a whole bunch of other stuff after that because that, that one chance you get gives you just so much confidence that you can just take over the world at that point when you're in school. So it's something I still do in grad school. I hold several positions outside of NFB um, at my campus as well. Um, so. I think it's something that all blind students definitely take advantage of because you get so much out of it between your connections and your co-curricular transcript, you can open up opportunities. I don't think I would have the scholarship I have to go to college right now for, for my master's if it wasn't for my co-curricular transcript and the, the combination of my grades with the leadership experience I got from being in clubs and, and social organizations. I think it's funny that you talk about your debate because um, I joined debate my first semester and I uh, I worked during most of our meetings and so I couldn't go, but I did all the prep anyway, like on my own. And mm -hmm. I remember we debated um, solitary confinement, I think. And mm -hmm. like, that's a whole other topic in itself. But the bottom line is that I went in and no one knew who I was. and at the end, let's just say I still have people coming up to me and being like, oh, this was in December. They're like, oh my God, were you that person who argued in that debate? And I was like, probably. <laughs> and uh, my, uh, my criminal justice professor, he's like head of our department, he came up to me afterwards and he was like, you know, I'm going to be watching you now. He was, he was like, yes. being because you can argue. And I just looked at him and I was like, no, I'm Italian. <laughs> he was like, okay, right, there fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, so. Um... To just stray away from debate a little bit, because I don't want to make this all about debate. But what I will say, um, one sounds accepted, but two is the fact <laughs> that there's so, there's so many clubs out there and not being afraid of creating even something new if you're interested in that. Um, Definitely. Like, people always think it's cool. I, like, I actually, one club I'll mention, aside from one of the ones I was saying before, was I was a part of our um, university radio. And so mm. I had my own radio show once a week. And mm. so, like, that you've was... You've been on this awesome podcast experience. and you've never told me that once. I know. <laughs> I, I forgot myself, actually. There's a man of many secrets. It, it, it was really neat because, like, I would get on. It was like, you're now listening to WCUR Westchester 91.7 <laughs> your favorite college radio station. And it, it was a lot of fun. And you went out, you soundboards and everything like that. So if you think you want to do something and anything, it probably already exists. But if it doesn't, I say just get out there and make it exist. Agreed. Yes. Um, what about, 
this is like one of our last topics. What about navigating campus? So I think we all might have some stories that are entertaining, but Santiago, I'm going to start with you. Honestly, what really helps is a repetition of the routes to the various buildings. Um, you know, that, that's honestly what helped me the best because, um, you know, once you do that, you eventually get used to those routes. And, um, you know, at first you could, you know, really, I, I guess there are various forms of doing it. Uh, like I know a lot of students use uh, IRA at first on our campus to get mm. down, you know, get the hang of a route. You know, eventually mm-hmm. they, you know, they know the layout, they know how to get there and back. And, um, you know, once you do that, once you know the location of the various buildings, then, you know, chances are your classes will be in said buildings. And, you know, from then on, you know, once you find the building, it's, I guess it's easier from there on, at least for me. Yeah, chunking it down <clears throat> is definitely helpful um learning buildings because it you know it's you can find rooms within buildings and numbering systems usually just understanding the numbering systems is just really good because you're never going to know where every single room is it's not going to happen but if you know like the main buildings and kind of like approximate locations of other buildings i think that it's definitely doable navigation i think is something that we could have a giant discussion on Hashtag I mean, dining halls are death, but you know. That's a- <laughs> Din- I mean, it's a- dining halls are the fun conversation. Um, navigating is a a big thing for me. The fact that now I teach orientation mobility and cane travel now and everything like that. But I think the main thing is like I learned a lot just from exploring campus, right? Um, and having to just do some exploring on my own and being okay with just like just being alone and being okay with even being a little lost sometimes um it took me a little to get accept that but it was okay because i problem solved through those different situations and i found my way and then found multiple ways to campus and everything like that and so like got my own routes and like fought my way through and now it's fun because now i'm teaching that to other students now and everything like that too so it's fun um I am so happy that Tariq went before me because I was, I was legit sitting here like, I don't know if I want to say mine yet because Tariq's a mobility instructor and he's going to hit me with his cane if I say this right. But now I can say it. <laughs> so um, I am a huge pirate of the Wait, canes are not weapons. We do not endorse that. Continue. Okay. But no, I'm a big fan of Pirates of the Caribbean. And... Um, one thing I always do when I go new places is I quote uh, Captain Barbosa, like, I we're good and lost now. And he said that at World's <laughs> End when he was trying to find the Davy Jones locker. And it's because I don't go looking for the target. I go looking to get lost. You need um, to get a tattoo of that. <laughs> yeah, I usually it's literally the best. So with my last, with the, my undergrad campus, I went on Saturdays where no one was outside in the morning mm. so they were too tired from classes or from doing other stuff so i would just get out there and just go get out the get off the uber and just start just going random places and random places and i would every so often stop and go what building is this and they'd be like oh this is such and such i had in my mind the places i needed to be i knew the names of the buildings i needed to go to and it was just classes food and bathrooms that was the big deal for me because i'm a diabetic and you have to find a bathroom so <laughs> So at that point, I was just able to create my own routes, and um, I really was testing it for landmarks because I needed to find 
landmarks, specific landmarks, too, so that way I could orient myself just in case it ever got to the point where I, you know, didn't realize where I went too far or overshot something. Now, once I got my guide dog, um, I did the same thing. I still do the same thing. I'll leave Kansas home and I'll go on my own first to explore. And then I'll come back and get him because without having an idea of it, he's just going to go find random things he thinks is interesting. So he's like, oh, look, a door. I'm like, yeah, a door. And next thing you know, I'm inside <laughs> of a maintenance closet. I'm like, oh, wait, no. Okay, wrong door. So I want to give myself some type of idea first before I take him out. That's a good point. I have done it both ways. I've left my dog home and done it with my cane. I've explored with my dog. And then I've also, like, healed my dog and used my cane um, in small areas. And I think it's kind of interesting because I think everybody has their different preferences and that's another thing too I think is to not be embarrassed about getting lost because I used mm-hmm. to get so like mad about it and I was just like and I just didn't like want to accept the fact that that would happen but then I realized that yeah. other people honestly don't look badly on the fact that you get turned around sometimes because other people do too and I think that was something that I I felt like it was a big deal and no one else did it was just a me thing mm-hmm. yeah. and I think that's something to realize Yes. That fr- that frame of thought um, is so universal, and like I feel like sometimes it it gets missed. Like for example, you're on a sports team, and your coach wants you guys to look at film. Well, you guys are gonna look at your losses and see how you guys can learn from those. You know what I mean? Like the games where we won, like okay, like all right, cool, you guys did okay there, but let's really analyze this loss, why we lost, or why we got lost, and coming back to this conversation, and then we learn so much more. It's really fun. I feel like we could talk about this for hours and hours, honestly. I feel like there's just so much. But if you guys, sort of in closing, okay, now this is going to be hard. We're talkative. But if you could give the um, students going into college or who are still kind of not sure about it, a piece of advice in like five words or less. It's going to be, going to take a minute. Um, what would it be? I guess for me, it would be uh, enjoy your experience, really. I think mine would be talk to literally everyone because I um, have made some of my closest friends because I literally just talk to people constantly. Um, I think I would say be proud of yourself. Um, I think in being, being proud of the person you are and your identity and what you bring to the table allows for other people to be proud of you and to accept that and even support it. So it's a great way to break the ice. What about you, Tariq? Yeah, I mean, all these things might seem a little bit scary at first or different to different people and everything. But if I had to give something real quick, and this is going to sound really strange at first, so bear with me. (laughs) But um, at the leadership seminar today, somebody mentioned dream small. And that's weird, right? Because we're always told to dream big and everything like that. But sometimes you got to take different steps to get to those bigger dreams and everything like that. And this dorming and everything like that. So don't be afraid to dream small and build and grow every day. I love that. Like, maybe it's not getting lost on one to one class instead of worrying about finding your entire schedule perfectly. Like, little things add up to big things. And I think that's honestly a really good point, even though it's, you know, a little bit opposite of what we would usually think. Mm-hmm, exactly. Well, this was super fun. I'm really glad we got to tackle at least a portion of all the crazy stuff that happens on campus. Um, if you, anyone listening has any thoughts, topic suggestions, or anything like that, we can be reached at podcast.nabs at gmail.com. And until next time, thanks for listening, guys. It was so fun working with you all. <laughs>